yeah, yeah, yeah. That yes. works. Okay. All right. All right. Still an oh, idiot, wow. but getting better. Uh. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. So what's going on, man? Oh, dude, nothing much, man. I've just been doing a lot of work on the house, work, just, you know, my job in general, networking for the show, um, and, you know, still trying to make time for other things. Man, I was moving. I helped my sister move um, this weekend, and that, you know, that's never fun. Um, Because as as your acquaintance that needs your help moving gets older, it gets harder, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I was going to, are you 30 yet? Uh, almost I'm 28. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I think 30 is really when you hit the point where you're like, I'm not lifting these boxes. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, my, I, I guess I'm talking more about crap, <laughs> like quantity. Oh, well, like the older yeah, you too. get, the more you accrue. And it's just like, man, when I used to help buddies, you know, move in college, it was like nothing. I was like, I was helping them left and right. And then I was like, Oh, well that's why it's cause it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a 30 foot U-Haul loaded down, you know? And, and multiple chests of drawers or some shit like that. But anyway, yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, the, um, the minutia piles up and then I, you know, I know, I know this isn't exactly what you were talking about, but I will tell you when my wife and I moved into this house, uh, I hired movers for my stuff and she didn't mm. hire movers for her stuff. And mm. we both agreed that going forward, we're hiring movers. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, a, a pizza and a six pack of beer, just it's not quite enough to make me want to move a couch <laughs> up some stairs anymore. <laughs> it's not enough anymore. Yeah. 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 Dude, it's, it's starting to get there. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because I also like, I used to be an audio, video, um, and home automation like installer. So I would install like home theater systems, record, you know, fancy swanky like Macintosh, like speaker setups and, um, and home automation systems, but, um, like control four and stuff like that. But sometimes a job would be so big that we'd have to load down, you know, a bus or rent a U-Haul and load it up, like with all the stuff we're going to take, or we might be de- going to a job site out in like Austin or Brenham or something. Cause this was out in college station. And, uh, yeah, so, and I was a warehouse manager too over there. So I'm just used to moving boxes and playing Tetris, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking through my phone to see if there's anything else. You know, I've been working on like graphics for the show, um, on video content. Um, you know, but I, I really, I've just been networking. I have a couple of, pardon me, I have a couple of international guests up and coming. Oh, uh, cool. It'll probably happen next week. Yeah, I'm interviewing a um, artist named Centino Brown from the UK. Um, he has an album, uh, his first like debut album coming out soon. He found my show and reached out, which I thought was awesome. Um, and then uh, uh, another um, artist um, from Jamaica. Um, oh gosh, um, her last name's Cohen. I want to I want to give her a shout out because I'm looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> but super exciting. Um, I think they got my information during that um, Dallas Reggae Festival that just happened. Uh, nice. Naomi Cohen is her name. Um, and she has this song called holiday, man. That's her, her current single. And like, man, it's, 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 it's very, it's very catchy. It got stuck in my head like immediately. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's exciting. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on, man. How about you? What's up with you? 
well, after my computer decided to melt down yesterday. <laughs> yeah, man. Did you, did, was it like a surge? Do you think it was like a surge problem? I have no idea. I, it Do just, you have it plugged into a surge protector? Oh, yeah. Like not a, yeah. Not a multi-port thing, but an actual surge protector? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I And oh, I have... Dang. I have no idea what happened. All I know is that I had to get a new computer, which I, you know, I did get a better computer and my old computer wasn't great. But, um, the one thing that I can attest to now is uh -huh. that, um, setting up a new computer is a gigantic pain in the ass. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. trying to remember passwords and, and, you know, and especially oh, for yeah. all my business stuff. I mean, I, I'm sure I annoyed the bejesus out of my business partner just going, Hey, what's our firm login for this? Hey, what's our firm login for that? Hey, which version of this do I need to download? And, mm. uh, so, I mean, that took up basically all of the afternoon yesterday and the first Dang. chunk of my morning today. <laughs> so Ugh. it's just technical, technical problems, man. They're always the worst. Yeah, it and just, it's, it just uh, takes all know. the momentum out of you. <laughs> like for at least yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's I'm like I'm going day. out of town on uh, Friday morning, and so losing basically a full, well, really like one and a half work days dealing with that mm. is just, uh, yeah, never fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, there was a very brief period when I was trying to get the computer set up where I wasn't checking my phone, and so I didn't realize how many o emails I was having to an ignore, and that was pretty peaceful for for those <laughs> thirty or forty five minutes. But then it all came crashing down. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah, like I, I um, I had a coworker like a few years back tell me how she puts, she turns off her email notifications when she goes on vacation, and I used to not do that. And she's like, yeah, I just turn it off. She's like, I'm, I'm gone. Like, they should know that already. And I was like, oh. And so then I, I started doing that moving forward. And like, yeah, it like, it adds another layer of freedom onto like, I don't even know what's going on. And I don't need to know. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to uh, Mexico in a couple of weeks. And I cannot wait to set up the auto reply that's like, <laughs> if you need me, you can kiss my big ass because I will be out of the country. Because <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> well, that's exciting. The clients really appreciate that, you know. Oh yeah, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. What uh, what have you been listening to lately? Anything new or interesting? Um. Well, yesterday I listened to just some random chill wave mix on Spotify all day because I was afraid hmm. if I listened to anything with much of an upbeat that I was going to destroy everything in my path because <laughs> I was so mad. Um, <laughs> just keep John but, Bottom out of your ears, you know. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do not need to hear you know Rage Against the Machine or or <laughs> Zeppelin or something like that yesterday because like I I didn't need to be in the mood to rage against a literal machine in my computer. But um, <laughs> but uh, that's good. I, I made that joke last night to my wife, and she did not find it as funny as you. So I appreciate that. Oh, um, yeah, anytime, man. It, yeah, <laughs> babe. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that, and then, um, you know, I've, I've been kind of stuck in this rut lately where I, I, you know, I'll pick a genre and I'll just like harp on it for a few days. Mm. And so, you know, in my car lately, and it, it really is a nice segue into what we're doing today, but, um, 
you know, I will just, I'll hook my phone up and I just have it on shuffle. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't skip it unless it's like, you know, one track on some random like stand up comedy album I have because you, you don't need to hear yeah. that while you're driving, um, sure. especially with the, without the context of the rest of the album. Right. But, mm. you know, it's great. So I'll, I'll hear, um, you know, I'll hear Dave Brubeck followed by like, George Strait, followed by Lady Gaga, and then I'm back to jazz, <laughs> and then it's some esoteric, you know, weird rock from the '60s or whatever. And uh, it's been kind of nice. It's 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 like, um, you know, it keeps keeps your brain a little bit nimble. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, I mean, at first I felt weird about like doing like a big shuffle like through my own music, like because I was definitely like, as I became an album person in my teenage years, like. I, yeah, I had that weird idea of like, oh, I can't go back. You know, it's like I really understand what it is and it feels weird to mix it with other ones. But but then eventually I, I just started building up that habit. And I really I really liked it because it was, I don't know, it was my own radio station. I mean, like a good radio station like KXT, there's so much variety and it's, it's either local, it's worldwide or it's it's major pop or it just released or it's um, an oldie or it's a brand new song. You know, it's just all over the place and not, not even talking about genres. Um and uh, that's why that's why I started to realize like if I can beef up like a master playlist like and that's what this one is that I've been using just disclaimer like I'm not shuffling my whole uh, library because there's just so much in there but I've built like <laughs> over the years just like master playlists of like songs that I I don't want to say you know like I don't know if you watch Parks and Rec but like the the Tom thing the like certified bangers like every song has to be like a certified. <laughs> you know, banger, but it, it's not like that. Cause there's some depressing stuff in there that I just think is beautiful, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, or like, you know, like a music score that to me, like, you know, it's just really beautiful or has a strong meaning because, you know, like I grew up on spaghetti Westerns and like, Oh man, I love that composer or whatever. Uh, but it's great because it's like my personality, like, I don't know, in a, in a, uh, an abyss, like, it's just like full of just like genres and music and whatever. You don't know what you're going to get. And sometimes it's annoying because you're like, why am I getting like all this? Because sometimes I don't know what, what happens, but I just get the same songs. Like, I'm just like, ah, I just keep getting like Jack White, like all of his shit. Not, it's not even the White Stripes. It's just him, you know, or like something like that. But yeah, like what you were just saying, though, every now and then, because I, I haven't been doing it lately because I've been really trying to research like new music and just staying on my toes of, you know, being disciplined and, and, and researching and being studious more about music in general. Uh, not just like media cravings for it or consumer cravings, but uh, but I, I love I love those little stretches of of shuffle magic, where it's just like, oh man, this this invisible DJ is killing it tonight. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just like I don't even I don't even know I needed some you know slow cool jazz right after some Rage Against the Machine or like whatever. But yeah, that's always a, a great moment and something that yeah I haven't done until the last few years in my like music listening. That's why I've really enjoyed doing these things, the little shuffle roulettes, because I know I'm using this like this playlist of mine, but it has like thousands of songs. They're just preferred songs of mine because I have like even more thousands of songs beyond that. So I got to trim the fat somewhere. But um, so that's why if anyone ever listens to these shuffle roulettes, they're like, oh, Sam really knows like every single song. You know, I bet she has them lined up. I don't. I'm just using a playlist that like I just re- I, I'm, there's thousands of songs in this playlist and I've obsessed over all of them at some point. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, pull, draw out the knowledge that I can just from then. But yeah, but uh, 
that's cool. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to listen to some more Brubeck um, since you, uh, our last one, since you brought up that track one. Because I listened to it. I'm like, man, I do remember this song. And oh, yeah. I realized, like, I hadn't listened to Because I, I, I was on, like, a, a, a long little period of, like, bossa nova different stuff. Um, and then, um, yeah, I don't know. And then I got really in, like, Robert Glasper's early jazz albums uh, in terms of, like, jazz stuff that's been keeping me occupied the last couple of weeks. Um but I, I've been jumping around though, like a, like a lot lately. Like I've been listening. You ever listen to Medicine Man Revival? That's a local uh, group over here, like R and B. No, I, I haven't. You, but you I'm got, gonna. Oh man, yeah, you should check out their album War. Uh, <laughs> it's phenomenal, man. It is like, like it's really well composed, but then it's also super well produced. Like the like sonically, like man, it just hits. Like it's it's such a good mix of like that soulful like rock kind of vibe with like sonically pleasing like i don't know if they you would call them 808s but there's definitely like some hard hitting bass in there that's really cool like uh mix uh you know and then the other day was the um anniversary of the release of mccartney um paul mccartney's solo album so i was listening to that because that that's also that was released on the same day that was like 20 something years later on in 1998 linda mccartney died on the same day that that album was released which i thought was crazy oh wow yeah isn't that nuts um that is nuts yeah yeah. i I actually i meant to i meant to shoot you a text because i saw that pop up said it was the you know 50th anniversary or whatever of mccartney and um whichever anniversary it was and i was like holy crap and i i just I, I spaced on it because that's the kind of person I am lately. Um, but, 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 yeah. but I did think of you I, I, hey, for whatever man. for whatever that's worth. <laughs> <laughs> man, that, that must have been why my ears were burning. But that day, but, yeah. But, but no, but that that album is is really cool because you know, like I, I there's I, I champion McCartney a lot just because of his character, but and his ethic, like his work ethic, but. Uh, you know, I, I, I've always loved Ram. Ram has a very dear and special place in my heart, but almost, almost to the same level, um, is McCartney just because it's such a achievement. I mean, to like be at the height of music and stardom and then to be over it. And then also depress that, like you're over it, but then also you're not over it, but then your team is totally overworking with you, you know? And like, or working together. They're just all ready to do their own thing because they've proven it. And I mean, this is like one of the first lo-fi indie like albums. Like he took it home. He took it home. He was like, fuck this. I'll do it myself. I'm going to have my <laughs> wife do the backing vocals, you know? It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll run the tracks here and, and take them back to the studio and finish it. And it's a stellar album. I mean, it has like tracks like um, um, Every Night, junk i love junk man like Junk's once i start song. producing songs man that's gonna that's on my cover list like i have like a you know a list of like songs that i definitely want to cover just to honor them because i've just uh they're just they're almost spiritual experiences and junk is beautiful that melody is just ah oh, i love it uh man we was lonely uh teddy boy and then of course maybe i'm amazed um but it's just oh, i love that album man if I ever run into somebody that tries to talk shit about that album, it's it's gonna be a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll throw hands as the youth yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ben, our resident youth translator. 
Yeah, just trying to keep the listeners up on the slang from several years ago. Um, yeah, you got your Urban Dictionary pulled up. <laughs> yeah, you might even say the album is on fleek. Um, oh gosh, now you're now you're past your prime. <laughs> I think that's out of rotation nowadays. It is. Yeah. I was in law school <laughs> when that was, when that was getting popular. And I, there was a, a girl in one of my classes who said on fleek and that, then she showed me the video and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's pretty hilarious. But <laughs> that was, that was one of the first times I can remember just feeling ancient. Like I was sitting there and I was like, what the, is that? Oh, some, did we, did English like steal that phrase for some other language or am I losing my hearing or and she was like, no, it's just this slang from some stupid vine word. that everyone picked up or whatever. And I was like, Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> I was like, vine. I um, recognize that one. Um, I miss vine. I do too, man. I, uh, you know, simpler. It is time. my my sister's really into TikTok because she's a middle school teacher, mm -hmm. so she tries to keep up, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's like there's it's too fancy. TikTok is too fancy. The the <laughs> beauty of Vine was people having to do these crazy cuts without all the weird filters. And uh, right, well, not that there aren't some great TikToks out there. Oh uh, yeah, but but I think there's also a brilliance in limit. Just like um, I'm sure there's been a ton of messaging platform type of um, apps, social media apps that are equivalent to Twitter, but you know, Twitter limited you to a certain amount of characters. I remember that being kind of like a differentiator and I just feel like people don't like limitations, but when there is a limitations, it gets attention. And when you right. tell people anything like, Hey, just let me know when you're free next week, they're probably going to forget about you. But if you ask them, Hey, you do this next Thursday at two, they're going to think a little harder, just like oh, yeah. the same thing with this stuff. If you tell them you only get 160 characters, they might want to think a little bit more and might consider the, the idea of the platform more. And so like with Vine, I don't know, you only had, what was it, seven seconds? Something like that? Yeah, so and I, so I just, something like that. Yeah, and I just felt like there was some brilliance. So I forget that one guy, um, he exploded from that app. And like that he was a brilliant comedian. Like he he was, uh, man, I wish I could remember his name. Short hair, mustache guy. Um, yeah. I think mustache. And, and I, uh, I, I, can, I totally don't recall, but he was just blowing up. And, it, and his deal was that short, quick comedy, man. And he could get you, you know, and like, it, I just love that platform, man. I, I, I mean, nothing against the creators. I mean, they, they made a good product and they sold it and got away from the, that, you know, business environment. That's that social media business environment. But I just like that one, man. I like Vine. I miss it. Yeah. Um, Adam Goldberg is the guy I was thinking of. He He's in Days to Confused um, and was in like Saving oh, Private yeah. Ryan and that kind of stuff. He was, I remember him being an early Vine, uh, you know, proponent. Mm, user. Yeah. <laughs> now, I can't recall if I think about it, if it pops in my head, I'll bring it up because I would definitely give this guy a shout out because I used to watch all of his videos. I can't believe I'm, I'm not recalling yeah. it. But anyway, shout, yeah. shout out to longtime listener and well-respected actor Adam Goldberg, um, <laughs> who in Days to Confuse just wanted to be honest about being a misanthrope, which is one of my favorite, very quirky, deep track lines from that movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, another well, movie with a great soundtrack. But but yeah, man, speak, let's uh, speaking of sound. <laughs> yeah. Let's load every Let's cylinder, in. start playing some shuffle roulette. Yeah. Kind of a dark yeah, joke there. Sorry about that. 
<laughs> uh, let's see. I, I can start us off. I had it pulled up, but then I switched it to that McCartney album. Um, all right. Shuffle. Here we go. Oh, hey. Speaking of McCartney, uh, <laughs> I got a wing. I got a wing song. Uh, Love is Strange is the song I got. You familiar with that one? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. Man. I mean, I'm, I'm positive I've heard it. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's so it's off of Wings' um, first album, um, Wildlife, uh, which I know was a heavily criticized album, just like all three of McCartney's first albums that he released. And I disagree with all the critics. In fact, I've even, <laughs> me and my wife have even watched documentaries from like the 90s or whatever, where like they're talking about that period. Like there's one on Amazon called Lennon versus McCartney. And, oh, and it's such bullshit. There's just all these like old uh, journalists and like people who clearly like just took John's side. Like back in the day, they just like were just like, you know, they just took the tabloids for for verbatim. And they're just like, oh, well, Paul broke up the Beatles and they just like ran with it. And they're and they just like, I don't know, they found nothing worth highlighting in like McCartney or Ram or Wildlife. They just said it was like McCartney losing his mind and not and forgetting how to make music. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, just because it's not, you know, exactly the same thing as the Beatles, you're going to call it nonsense or noise. Like, that just really offends me whenever a journalist like d- does that, takes a car, an artist and just says, well, they've clearly lost their mind and now all they're making is noise. Like, I, I just hate that. And like, that's literally what they were saying in some of those, um, whether it was a, a, a review for those albums or in that documentary I'm re- referencing. Um, but Wildlife, I just think is so cool. You get s- songs like Dear Friend, where he's writing a, a sweet, slow, intense song to John about the heavy things that they're going through and how he hates it. Um, like the line, is this really the borderline? I just, I've, I've just always loved that. Like, are we really making terms about our friendship when it's been such an organic thing for so long? And it's just beautiful um, or hard. I'll put it that way. And then there's the beautiful side of the lighter side of the album with, with Linda involved like this one, uh, love is strange, man. It's like this, like, I don't know, reggae esque kind of song. And just, it's a bop. It just like, you just like, you just feel happy. Like it's just, and in and, and the way they talk and approach love, it's, I just love it. I love it because it's, it, it it's not this like, Mm, woo woo lovey dovey thing it's like love is strange M- many many people they just take it as a game like they, they just it's more like they're digesting love they're just like i get it now this is a mature perception of love and you know john doesn't see it how i see it the media doesn't doesn't love me back the way i would love a person um if we were one-on-one and just all these different things but I just, in wildlife, I mean, it's literally him talking about going away from the crazy star life of being a celebrity in the city. And, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. That album's full of really great lines that I think is, is underappreciated. And the album was done old school, by the way. It was done live. Like, they practiced the songs, made the science, songs, practiced them until they were comfortable, scheduled the studio time, went in and executed, and it was done. So it was old wow. school. Yeah. yeah, that is old school. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I just I just love that album. It's another one. You talk shit about McCartney, Ram, or Wildlife, and you'll 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 perk me up in the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what'd you say? Well, <laughs> you know, I I can remember taking art history classes in in college. You know, and um, you would we would look at these pieces of art. You know, the Pietà by Michelangelo or 
or mm. whatever, you know, the birth of Venus by Botticelli or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the professor, and I wish I could remember his name. He was, I think the chair of like the art history department at A&M at the time. But, mm. you know, when in his lectures, he would always include um, contemporary reactions to those pieces of art. And every time there was always one person that was like, Michelangelo sucks ass. He's not as good as you think he is. This sculpture is just the same crap, you know. And you 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 think about that. It's like, yeah, that Da Vinci character sucks, you know. I mean, (laughs) uh, who are you? you? That's the you know. There's always uh, you know. There's always a critic. That's uh, that's. I always try and think of that. Um, you know, if I ever have someone that's unhappy with something I've done, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, there were people who thought the Sistine Chapel was badly done. So, uh, (laughs) right. That one, yeah, that blows my mind. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. But like, I, I, I had this, I guess it's probably because of my dad, you know, my dad is a very romantic type of person. He likes to romanticize things and, and, and really get you elated about him. And he's a good salesperson. That's where I get it from. And, and, uh, and, and so, you know, I just have this mysticism or, you know, almost around like McCartney and Linda and just like that time period. And so it's so special. But then when I listen to it critically, I still think it's great, you know? And so that's why, like, whenever people, yeah, like what you're saying, they, they still have a comment or whatever. It just, I know, like, I'm still going to separate myself from it and still think like, well, I just, I really just don't agree. Not just because I, 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 I like it, but because like, I think objectively it's still pretty good or different. You just didn't like the difference it made. Um, and it would also blew my mind in, in like witnessing that is going back in time and reading like Rolling Stone articles from that, from that release or like from Venus and Mars and then just ripping it to shreds and like, wow, like I thought that was a really fun album. Like, like not every track McCartney does has to be the long and winding road or let it be or yesterday, like give them some, why don't we do it in the road? You know, give <laughs> bring, let that McCartney just, you know, have a moment, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay. My what turn. You, yeah. What you got on your side of the tracks? <sighs> Oh no, with my headphones on, the little camera doesn't recognize me on the phone. Uh, okay, all right. I got I have an interesting one. Um this is the song M O N E Y, uh, which uh spells money for those a little <laughs> slow on the uptake. Um <laughs> by Lyle Lovett, uh from the album nice. Pontiac, which I believe, let me look, came out in nineteen 19- 87 um so that album pontiac very well received album um i remember when i was in germany on a study abroad um i was talking to some germans about music and and people over there um mainly listen to like edm like if you ask a german their favorite music yeah, that's they're right. always like you yeah, say like house, house music techno yeah whatever and yeah. it's like oh okay I I thought that there was some lost in trade because the first guy I asked, he was like, oh, I like house music. And I was like, what the hell does that? Yeah, mean? like is stuff that like, you just play around the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I was like, is that like a, the song of the summer in, in American? Like, I don't I don't and he's like, no, it's it's a type of electronic music. And I'm like, oh, well, there you go. Speaking <laughs> English better than someone who's been speaking it his whole life. Um, 
But anyway, yeah, M O N E Y by Lyle Lovett from Pontiac. Um, it's a cool song. It's a laid back kind of bluesy number that is, uh, you know, about people being greedy. Uh, <laughs> mm. Lyle Lovett is a Texan, a graduate of Texas A and M University. I might add. And, no, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, and um, he's you know he had a relatively famous career for a point in the late 80s and early 90s and in fact he yeah. was either married to or dated julia roberts for a while uh-huh. um what? yeah because she lives here yeah yeah and i lyle lovett's fate and i love lyle lovett i'm not trying to knock lyle lovett i've seen him in concert yeah, he's got a good voice yeah great voice good good songwriter good guitarist but you know his face looks like an old baseball mitt that got really waterlogged and then left out in the sun for several years and then run over a few times by a tractor and uh (laughs) which which goes to show that looks aren't everything because he still married julie roberts but uh (laughs) yeah that whole album is pretty good it was a little bit of a crossover hit you know lyle of it is seen mostly as a country guy but Hmm. he also i mean he did some swing songs he did what you would might call um alternative rock songs and it's just you know he had a few songs that were just if you would remove the one instance of a steel guitar being used in the solo you would have no inclination that it was a country song Mm. um which is what i like about lyle love it um but that that whole album is great it's it's got m-o-n-e-y it has a song called uh give me back my heart um if I had a boat, which I think is the title track, yeah, that's the, his, the that's his first track, one, yeah. which is a great song, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Lyle Love It, M O N E Y, it's good. Oh, one thing I would be remiss if I didn't mention, um, classic lawyer movie, The Firm, um, starring Tom mm. Cruise, yeah, uh, has this song in it at one point, um, and. Huh. You know, I don't think I'm spoiling anything because the movie's like 30 years old now and the book's even older. But um, yeah, when when Tom Cruise is telling his wife that uh, basically their house is bugged and that the firm controls them and all this stuff, this is the Mm -hmm. song that's playing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which, you know, it's kind of the pitfalls of money and the pitfalls of greed. So I guess it makes sense. Um, Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so there you go. M-O-N-E-Y, cool. Lyle Lovett from the 1987 album Pontiac. <laughs> nice. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Let's see. Sorry. I was turning myself up a little bit. Um, it's all good. I was. I kept hearing this, like, very rhythmic noise, and I was like, what the hell is going on? And um, I realized that I have a loaf of bread making in our bread machine and I can actually hear it all the way upstairs, which is wild. I mean, I could just barely hear it, but I was like, is this, a, is that what coming is from Sam or me or what, what's going on? Anyway, so, slight noise. The hell? All right. Yeah. So my next one, um, is I only wait for it to turn around. There he is. We ain't getting any younger part one by Jim James. Um, nice. Have you ever listened to this album to uh, eternally oh, even? Yeah, oh, I'm a, it's such a, a good big album. Jim James guy. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Yeah, you know, um, obviously his creation and involvement with my morning jacket is enough um, to make me a fan. But um, for me personally, what what convinced me that Jim James is worth obsessing over, <laughs> or you know, keeping in my my pocket of uh, of musical, um, um, you know, 
just people that they just obsess over is is when he did the um for you two album the the album in tribute of george harrison yeah um mm-hmm. i wasn't one i wasn't expecting that and then two after that came out and he did a second one too actually just to throw that out um but when he did that i was like oh oh my god oh shit like i i see like the harrison and like everything now like as soon as he did that that tribute i was just like i was just so enthralled like i was just like man like that's so cool like i i see like i just became an even bigger fan um and then when this album came out i, I was just gobsmacked man <laughs> i mean the, the the eternally even in my opinion i i have it on vinyl i have it on the colored vinyl version um i think that came out in 2015 16 i think it was 15 uh, it was probably my album of the year like it was it was at the top um probably if it was 15 you know that would have been with like to pimp a butterfly so who knows like there's so many fucking crazy albums that came out that year but like this was one of the ones that i was just like man it was so so good and so this this track it's part one which is the instrumental and it's just a huge build-up i think how long is it yeah it's like a a a six minute over like a six and a half minute long like instrumental and it's epic it just keeps building and building and building. And then you get to part two of we ain't getting any younger. And then he throws the lyrics on it and you're just like, oh shit, this is epic. Like he's <laughs> fucking laying down the law. Like he is, he's smacking you with some knowledge. Like it's just so good. And, and his, um, I mean, that whole album is phenomenal. Like in the moment, um, you know, what's funny. The only track on that album, uh, like I said, I love that whole album, but the only track on that album that I probably won't listen to again, cause it just it, it just doesn't fit it. It just feels kind of like a drag. Is eternally even is the title track, but yeah, but like the world the the world uh, what is it uh, the world smiling now yeah. in the moment yeah um, man that that this that whole album man is just like super good. But the title track's the only one I kind of like skip over. But man, <laughs> that, that that thing is a force. Like oh yeah whew. yeah. No, it's a good album, and yeah, Jim James, he does some great stuff. I love love his work with Monsters of Folk, and then um, yeah, um, then of course uh, My Morning Jacket um, is great. Evil Urges, I think, is one of the uh, more underappreciated albums. Mm. Um, which uh, I don't know, I don't know. It's great, great album, great band, yeah, great man great song yeah man well, i don't know yeah, he might not- be an asshole i don't know if he's a great man but he seems like a nice guy <laughs> uh-huh. yeah i don't know you know when you see that an artist can collaborate time and time again with all sorts of varying people i don't know that that starts to prove that they must be some form of good person either they have a yeah. phenomenal manager or they're a great person <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah I, I think you're exactly right i think you're exactly right uh, <laughs> all right man what you got Okay. So what you got? <laughs> Hang on. No, okay. Sorry, I got I got back to back stand up comedy routines and I was oh. like it's Mitch <laughs> Altogether by Mitch Hedberg. Um, <laughs> uh, so I got to tell the truth, uh, Derek and the oh, Dominoes. Yeah. So. I I don't I don't even know where to start. Um 
the song is great. I, I believe it was an older blues standard. I could be wrong, but I just want to take a second to talk about Derek of the Dominoes. Um, mm. Because when people hear Derek and the Dominoes, they think of Layla, right? Right. Um, yeah. And maybe, you know, some of the hardcore guys will maybe think of like Bell Bottom Blues or their cover of uh, Little Wing Little or Wing. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let me tell you, man, Derek and the Dominoes rules. Um, and it, that's one of those, um, you know, I, I can't remember if we've talked about bands that just released one album that you definitely want more of um mm, no yeah but D- that'd be a good Derek and the dominoes is there and you know along with eric clapton you had uh Dwayne allman playing mm-hmm. guitar and mm-hmm. uh, just great but to tell the truth is a little bit more upbeat um it still is that classic kind of bluesy whatever that you would expect from any sort of eric clapton um oh, it's project but, oh, yeah, you know, I think I think with Almond's involvement, you know, I think it just kind of really moved it that way. Well, and, and, you know, my dad recently just told me the story about how Almond got involved with that group is that he was playing um, near. Uh, I can't remember specifically what the city was, but it's somewhere near where Clapton was. And someone just said, you know, you should go you should go see this guy. And so Clapton goes and sees him and then he he goes and interacts with him and asks if he would want to play sometime. And he's like, what? Me? What are, you, what are you talking about? And he's like, I just go and just do my thing. And he's like, yeah. And you, what you do is, is crazy. And so they saw him play. And then afterwards he asked him again, like, will you come play with us? And then like he did. And that's how he ended up being involved. And it was literally the week after they, Der- or what would become Derek and the Dominoes, the session people were on All Things Must Pass with Clapton. Right. <laughs> they, they were all with George uh, and uh, at, at, uh, on, at the... Um, Oh, what's his property called? Um, oh, the castle. Uh, yeah, um, whatever park. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but you know they're all out there, you know, doing the album, and then once they do their parts, they they break off, and then that's when they run into Almond, and then they and then Clapton wants a new outlet that's not under the name Clapton, and then that's how you get Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah, I um that this is I'll keep this very brief. I saw the Almond Brothers in probably 2008 or nine. Uh, so, mm. you know, Dwayne Almond was long dead, but, uh, and I like, I know people who are really, really into the Almond brothers and I, I get oh, yeah. it. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I, I've never been just a huge Almond, but like, I like what I hear, but, uh, you know, whatever. But, um, I saw the Almond brothers, they played a venue called Wolfpin Creek in college station. And I had a friend who lived in a, in a townhouse where you could see the Wolfpin Creek stage from his roof. And, um, we got a ladder (laughs) and we all got up on the roof and we're watching this contract uh, or watching this concert. And, you know, A&M is a big engineering school and a lot of my friends are engineers. I suck at math, so I was never going to be an engineer, but, um, a lot of my friends were engineers and one of them had rigged up a pulley system um, <laughs> where this friend of mine's girlfriend, um, who did not like the Almond Brothers, she could put, she could open beer 
and then put it in a cooler that was attached to this pulley system. <laughs> and send it and we could just pull beer up <laughs> on the roof. <laughs> and, you know, we were all uh, 21, he said, with massive quotes around that age. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we could drink six or seven or 12 beers and not have to get up and pee every five minutes. So we didn't have any precarious trips up and down the ladder. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, without Dwayne Allman, I'm sure it was not as good as it could have been. But, uh, you know, the Allman brothers, even then, even they were all in their 60s or whatever, uh, they put on a great show. And I think Derek Trucks was playing with them by then. So you mm. know, still got someone who could absolutely shred on lead guitar. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, that's, that's my... <laughs> My one yeah. Allman Brothers story, but yeah. So uh, to tell the truth, um, Derek and the Dominoes from Layla and other songs or whatever that album's called. Nice. <laughs> it's a music right. podcast. You can tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that album's called. You know, whatever. All right. Next. Okay. Uh, I have For Emma by Bon Iver. Nice. Of, uh, their first album. Um, so I know most people, <clears throat> when they think about this album, if they're familiar with it, they they think of you know Skinny Love or like I know like a fan favorite is um, um, Re like Stacks. That's another one. But for me, I've always loved for Emma um, the horn part of it. Just really brings out this more like because the horn you have two different horns. You have this horn that's like right in your face very bright and it's a part of the um i think it's a part of the rhythm but then you have like this background horn that's really drawn out and has this effect on it that makes it more it's probably like a some form of reverb but it's just very ethereal and so it, it it's almost like the same like vibe you would get from like that really spacey like epic sounding like slide guitar in a song that like just like just holding that one note and just dragging it across same thing with this the horns. It's just like it's just it's spanning in the background. It's just, and it's just such a man. It just really captures a um, a spirit of like that kind of like you're just really considering a lot. Like it's a I mean it's an album about him moving on from a past relationship and coming to terms with it and all these different things. But like this is the song that's meant for her, and it's more of a declaration. You know, what I mean, it literally starts off with "Go find another lover." That's the first, <laughs> that's the first line. You know, and like. But it's not in like a brutal way. It's more in a like, this is the this is a part of life. It's complicated, beautiful, and diverse. And now this is the new chapter. You go do you. I'm going to go do me. And uh, let's talk about it. You know, it's just more like a report <laughs> rather than a process rather than like, I'm going to talk shit or like, I'm only going to talk about the bad things that happen to me. It's more reflective. And it's just a very, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just got a, a really interesting feeling to it. It's a great album, but I've just always loved for Emma, primarily for the tone of those horns involved. But yeah, killer song. I do enjoy a well-used horn. I, th I think, I think in in um, broadly commercial music, and I because I you know I don't I don't want to call uh, Bonavere pop or anything because I, I don't think mm. that that's I think that's too broad a brush, right? But. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> outside of like jazz and classical music, uh, I think it is very easy to get heavy handed with horns. 
And, um, you know, that's what the 80s did, right? The 80s was like, hey, you mm. know what every pop song needs? A tenor sax solo. And uh, <laughs> some bands did it well. Dire Straits did it pretty well. Uh, most bands sucked at it. And there are a lot of really bad horns in the 80s. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm always appreciative of, of anyone who plays music that is really meant for more of the general population than, you know, anything by John Philip Sousa. And um, <laughs> I, I appreciate when a horn is used subtly to the perfect effect. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, because it's us and we have to talk about the Beatles, um, you know, like got to get you into my life. I think I think that was mm. that was another great use of a horn section in a song that was meant. Yeah, for just a short little more of the public in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, that, that and again, just to get our, our McCartney commentary that's due. Like, yeah, that's one thing I've always liked about how like he arranges horns is it it's not oversaturated most of the time I, unless we get into the 80s you know there might be too much coke involved but there's yeah. like there's just like i don't know it's a great balance or or i'll put it this way too it's probably george martin you know it's, he probably taught <laughs> mccartney a lot of shit <laughs> and and yeah. his involvement um i mean just thinking about the epicness of like um live or let die i mean that that had martin on it you know and like just the complexity and the uh, epicness you know and that's a, that's very dense, but to take it like what you were saying, got to get you in my life is a short little bit just to add, you know, add a little bit more, uh, uh vibrance to the song, just, yeah. you, but you got to do it right. You know, you yeah. Keep it balanced. Got to do it right. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me see here. Um, all right. So I got... Ooh, fun. Okay, I got uh, Take the Fifth by Spoon off of Girls mm. Can Tell. Um, I don't... Have you and I talked about Spoon? Are you a Spoon guy? Uh, I do like Spoon. It's an Austin band. Um, yeah. I don't think we've talked about them, though. I think this might be the first time we've talked... Maybe in person we've brought them up, but on the show, though, this has been the first time we brought them up. Yeah, I'm a big yes. Spoon fan. I love... Um, was it Gaga? Gaga? Ga, yeah. Whatever. And, yeah, uh, it's like ga 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 ga. You just start saying God until someone cuts you off. That's yeah, the, that's the like, oh, that album. spoon band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the black and white cover, you know that one. Um, yeah, yeah, that one. And uh, what's the one? The thing is about them. I'm like, I know so many other songs, but I surprisingly, it's hard for me to remember like what the albums are. Like, I can see the album cover. Like the one with Beast and the Dragon Adored or Gimme... Wait, that one might be Gimme Fiction. Um, yeah, Gimme Fiction is that one. And then the one with the hand with like the floating like little cloud in it or whatever. Like I, I know that one. I can't tell you what songs are, but if you played off it, I would know all of them. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know what why I don't have them cataloged very accurately in my brain. I don't know what that I, is. I'm the same But way. I'm super I, familiar. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I, I didn't get into Spoon until I was a freshman in college. And um, I spent a lot of time in Austin. And, and one of my good friends was uh, a big Spoon guy. And mm. um, it was great. And then I, I saw them at ACL. And I felt terrible because they were on the like west-facing stage at like 530. Um, and so they oh, were so staring directly in into the sun. Oh, and it was, this was back when ACL was in September. 
and so it was hot mm. and uh it was a terrible set i mean they they really dude sounded not to, bad not to derail you but you know just a similar experience that like i feel bad for but they rocked it and they didn't give a shit was man we saw run the jewels this is like five or six years ago we saw them perform almost in the same exact scenario like the sun was just like just like right on them right on the stage and and killer mike and lp are up there wearing all black black hat <laughs> and everything too you know killer mike's a big dude man he was running through water bottles like left and right you know and like i was like man those dudes are like melting up there but they were giving it man they were giving it out that energy was just busting but yeah i just remember thinking the same thing it's like dang that that's like yeah. that prime prime melting time right there <laughs> Well, I, I had told myself for a couple of years after that, I'm like, I, I need to see Spoon again because that that was just bad conditions for a show. Mm. And then uh, I ended up, I did get to see them, um, I think in Houston, maybe. I don't know, but it was an indoor show and they put on a much better, uh, nice. much better set that time. But um, yeah. yeah, so take the fifth, um, kind of a, fun thing now that i'm a lawyer and that's kind of a lawyery phase uh but a lawyer lawyerly phrase i guess but um yeah it's on girls can tell girls can tell was an early 2000s one um and uh it's it's a cool album like a lot of spoon albums the sound is a little bit different um you know spoons definitely got a sound but they're they're good about tweaking it just enough from album to album to where it doesn't get really really repetitive um, yeah they're like kind of uh, like beck we're like they still stay in yeah. that kind of pop-ish vein like pop-ish alternative whatever but then every album they turn it on its side somehow like yeah, beck will and, never you can never guess what's gonna happen right exactly and and girls can tell is a little bit of a mellower i say mellow it's not really mellow it's just it sounds more like an album that was made while they were listening to a lot of like classic rock um mm-hmm. and and there's some kind of new wavish sound to it. like there's a couple of tracks and i'm when did that one come out 2000 well let me look 2001 is that their uh, first no it wasn't their first album um which i should know what that one was called but i don't that was the yeah, that was the thing right like when i first learned about spoon i did not realize how long they'd been around um yeah, it's their yeah, third album. Their, their first album came out in 1996. Oh, okay. Uh, which is crazy. Girls Can Tell came out 2001. Um, but yeah, some of some of the songs on the album to me sound like um, the Talking Heads a little bit. Like there's a little bit of a new wave vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, Take the Fifth just sounds like a kind of poppy rock and roll to me. I mean, it's a good song. It's not the best song on the album. Um but it is a good song and Spoon's a good band. And for anyone listening who uh, isn't from the Austin area or, <laughs> or from Texas, um, yeah, they're, they're an Austin band. Um, but their music's been in stuff. They had a song in I Love You, Man, the movie I Love You, Man. And I've heard their, I've heard their music in other oh, yeah. movies well, that, and TV that shows. Song, and stuff, um, so. um, Underdog. That thing's been yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Underdog yeah. has been in ever. That was in commercials and commercials yeah. it was in that 17 again movie with uh zach efron uh there's a bunch of movies that thing was in but yeah oh yeah yeah but yeah if you're not familiar with spoon though they're definitely worth diving on because they're super cool um 
yeah it's a, they're, they're a great band oh yeah they're, they're i really like their last album too or the one that came out with in 2016 or whatever with like can't get next to you and hot thoughts and um what's that other one? but yeah that was they're super good yeah that's a good one yeah all right what am i gonna get next oh man this is one of my favorite isley brothers songs of all time from the album go for your guns which i just got recently it is voyage to atlantis nice man i, I do so i'm, I'm man. pro isley brothers <laughs> <laughs> well good that's why we're friends um man i love this song man the tone of the guitar the the tone of the rhythm guitar but the tone of that that lead guitar that one that just cuts through in the very beginning with that that um that sustain that just like that and just holds forever god man ernie is just a beast like it's just oh i love that song man every time that song comes on it's like one of those ones where like i just get that marvin gay like crunchy face you know like my i just like i want to sing it and put all my soul into it i just get so excited man it's just it's just one of those songs man it just hits me makes me make that ugly face because i'm like oh here it comes here comes the magic y'all don't even know and uh, this one is just, oh, yeah, I love this song so much, clearly. Um, in fact, uh, the, a week ago, a week or two ago, um, do you know Isaiah Sharkey, um, guitarist here from Dallas? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Man, he's super good. Um, he, he posted a cover of this, and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I love this song, man. It's amazing. Because <laughs> he, he just finished touring with, uh, with John Mayer, and then he was, he was a part of Colbert's house band for like a month or something like that um and then he just played that little recording of him playing that song i'm like yes like that is like <laughs> that is an amazing song like uh, it's just you know it's like when you see one of those people that you really respect respect the song that's kind of like in the shadows a little bit and like oh fuck yeah and like uh, vindication like <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this the yeah this song is epic man i mean it, it, this is another you know what truthfully this is another one of those songs on my cut my short list of like cover songs like if i ever got the opportunity to really try and take a strong swing at it with a band it's like oh i just love this song so much the whole album go for your guns is epic you, <laughs> you like the isley brothers but you don't know that album then you don't know the isley brothers just yet like oh i love that album so much <laughs> anyway man <laughs> this is awesome sorry my dog is being needy um <laughs> as dogs do hey buddy um okay <laughs> Well, um, <laughs> okay, in keeping with the eclectic nature of everything, and I don't have the album cover <laughs> saved, apparently, but I got uh, School Days from the album School Days by Stanley Clark. Um, are, you, mm. are you familiar with Stanley Clark? No, I'm not. Okay, so Stanley Clark, uh, I, I don't even know if he's still alive. I would assume he is, but I have no idea. He was a jazz bassist. Um, hmm. and he did a lot of really cool kind of funk jazz fusion stuff in the seventies. Uh -huh. Um, a lot of things like, um, I don't know, almost like the, the Mahavishnu orchestra or even, um, even the weather report. Um, hmm. but yeah, Stanley Clark. So that album school days, I, I don't know where it is in the annals of like funk jazz fusion albums. I mean, for all I know, the like jazz heads hate it. I don't really care. It's a great <laughs> album. It's a groovy album. 
School Days is the name of the album. The title track is fantastic. Um, it's one of those albums that you can put on and do just about anything. You know, hmm. it it just has it has a great soul to it. Um, I like to could I like to put it on when I'm cooking. My wife doesn't like that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it's just a Too spicy. I, it's just a cool album, and and I think that. Um, you know, I think when you get a bassist who also can write music and be a band leader, I think that um, bassists tend to be very good at emphasizing rhythm, right? I mean, because they're right. part of the rhythm section. And so, but they're also a part of building the melody. They're like, they got right. their hands in both pots. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and I think when you have that, because, uh, you know, so many people write songs on a piano or on a guitar or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and not that. Uh, you know, of course, I'm not saying like, yeah, every song written by a bassist is better than every song written by a piano. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's obviously yeah. that's ridiculous. But um, I think when you get a song, especially in a genre like that kind of jazz funk fusion stuff, mm-hmm. when you get a guy who is such a big rhythm guy writing and and, and conducting everything, there is such um such heart and soul and hard work put into the rhythm that, you know, it's just easy to listen to, um, but not in a way that you would say like easy listening music is right. It's just the rhythm gets kind of into your soul a little bit. And before you know it, you know, you're, you're bopping along and you've kind of got everything. And then the stuff that happens on top, on top of it, you know, the lead musicians taking their solos and whatever, I mean, that's just gravy, but the, the rhythm is always there and it is so profound. And because you have the rhythm section kind of writing the song, you can make the rhythms a little bit more complex because I do mm. think that that is something that um, some songwriters struggle with if they're, if they're not playing as part of the rhythm section, right? Is right. they will make the rhythm very simple because they are focused on the lyrics or they're focused on the melody or they're focused on the lead or whatever. Um, and I think when you get someone who can really, really hammer in a complicated rhythm, but make it, um, palatable, uh, you know, to a casual listener, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, cause you, (laughs) right. Some bands who are really good at rhythm, you know, tool is great at rhythm. Um, Oh yeah. But you know, my grandma's not going to listen to freaking tool. Right. I mean, you know, and, and Tool is one of those bands that you kind of have to you have to listen very actively. Um, yeah. Well, because they're uh, because, I like to call them like trance rock. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like their rhythm is so complex and interesting and ethereal that like it just like, oh, you're just like wrapped, wrapped up in it, you know. And then Maynard just like saying some like eclectic, weird, spooky things over, yeah. <laughs> over it. Yeah. <just laughs> It makes you more like introspective and just thinking like, Oh, so much in my head right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that so that's what I like about Stanley Clark and, and, um, hmm. you know, and, uh, I guess, uh, who am I, who's the, who am I thinking of? Willie Dixon blues artist oh, yeah. that mainly played bass. Um, which, you know, is why Led Zeppelin copied so many Willie Dixon songs is because they had a rhythm section that, you know, that was comprised of John Bonham and John Paul Jones, who were two of the two of the best to ever do what they did. And so Led Zeppelin could take some of those really kind of complicated rhythms, but make them easier to swallow. Um, yeah. 
So that's, but yeah, school days, Stanley Clark, 1976 is what my phone says. Um, oh, actually, and, I have the track, but I don't have the album. You listen to that oh, album. yeah. Well, give it a listen, man. It's, it's, nice. it's great. It's phenomenal. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. All right. Uh, you want to do like one more each or something? That works for me. Cool. All right. Next up. Oh, cool. This is actually one that I've, uh, it's been brought up on the show before. Um, me and my buddy Kevin talked about it. The song is From a Window Seat by Dawes. Um, the album is called Stories Don't End. Uh, this is probably my favorite song off the album. The The album itself has, uh, I think it's it's like almost perfect end to end. Um, like just, just listening off some of my favorites. Just Beneath the Surface, From a Window Seat, um, Most People, uh, uh, Stories Don't End, and then the reprise of Just Beneath the Surface is super beautiful. Or From the Right Angle, that's awesome too. Um, but man, From a Window Seat is just such a great story song. Like he's literally, it, he literally must have written it on a plane. Like he's talking about like sitting on the window seat of a plane, like all these things that would go through his head at the time and all these things he's observing and comparison he's making about what, where it comes from and like the origins of like social interactions and certain random things. It's a very kind of random song. Um, but the style of it and the, the way it's, it's, it's composed, it's almost like, straight out of that like in between harvest moon and um after the gold rush like period like like of neil young because it, it's it, if you listen to that song and then listen to like southern man or like something like you'd be like oh yeah that's that's like from the same album right like it's just like it's just <laughs> like man it's just like it just really hits those same kind of tones and feelings and um of, of that kind of um i don't want to call it like americana but that kind of like rock that i really like um, from that era, especially out of like Neil, um, and Dawes is, is known for that, that, that respect of that older time. Um, in fact, I think their first album they made on tape, they did it old school. <laughs> they did it on tape. Um, wow. But this album, I think it's either their, their, I think it's their third, but I have it on vinyl just because I was so blown away by it. Um, super good stories don't end as the full album, but man, yeah, from a window seat, that is epic. The, the piano, the little guitar solo, his his lyricism it's just awesome man if you don't like that song i don't i don't know about you <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh okay one more for me <laughs> um okay well i got uh nirvana's version of the oh, man who, the sold, man the who sold the world i knew that um, just hearing the first little <laughs> Yeah, I was. I didn't want the mic to pick that up because I don't want, uh, you know, Nirvana's people coming after you. But um, yeah, so I don't, uh, you know, there's not a ton to say about this. Uh, David Bowie's version is genius, and personally, I think Nirvana did a great job with it. Um, Yeah, it's it's from the Unplugged album, which you know was recorded right before. uh right before kurt uh left this world and was released shortly after kurt left this world but um you know so it's it's a nirvana cover of a bowie song that whole album is great because in typical you know nirvana cobain fashion 
Um, you know, MTV wanted him to play the hits and Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I don't think so. And I'm play cover a bunch of random songs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's only, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to take the time to look at it, but I I I would be willing to bet that almost half the songs are covers. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Or more or something. Yeah. And and possibly more. Yeah. So, uh, you know, David Bowie and the meat puppets and lead belly are the ones that come to mind, but they did a couple different meats, meat puppet song, including a few with guys from the meat puppets on stage with them. So, Mm. um, Oh, I didn't know that. Meat puppets is a disgusting band name. Like I, 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 I know, right? It's they might as well just be called like moist over and over. It's just a gross sounding. Um, yeah, moist as the band name and then as the album name too. Just double yeah. disturbing. Yeah, first song, Meat Puppet. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, you know, it's it's well done. And then of course, uh, you know, a much younger but just as cool Dave Grohl on drums, which is always fun. Mm. And then the eight foot tall whatever his name was on bass i always feel bad that i can never remember his name uh i really do i feel bad i'm very sorry yeah. nirvana bassist um i know you're <laughs> listening and I, i'm really sorry but um but yeah so one. there you have it the man who sold the world nirvana's version unplugged 1994 i'm gonna guess four yeah you know i i, ha- I have an idea that that song opened up the gates to the rock the rock crowd at the time going back in time you know into bowie i feel like that that opened up because i remember having a conversation with people when i was in high school like kids my age and they're talking to trying to like beef up you know nirvana's rep or be like man you know not not rocks not hasn't been the same since them or like whatever and then they would bring up that song but like yeah man you know this is on their greatest hits because it's one of their best songs i'm like that's a bowie song they're like that's a bowie song <laughs> And then like, yeah, look it up. And then, and, and like, I, I really have an idea that like those covers that they did with their fans, like, oh, is that a new song? And they, they look into it and like, oh no, that's an old song. And you get a better idea of like what music they listen to, but also like, I don't know, like Bowie at that time might've just been thought of like the eighties pop guy. Like he was Ziggy at one time, but now he's just the, he's just the pop King or, or, or one of them. And, um, didn't look at a, a weird especially his version of man who sold the world with that. Um, I think it's a phaser or a flanger on his voice or whatever. It just yeah. has such a, it feels so weird and it's supposed to be that way. Cause that's how he was, you know, his eccentric um, character that he built in that, in those late sixties, that's what it was. He wanted that weird stuff. And that's why I love the man who sold the world. The album is because it's, it's such a cracking open of like an art and rock scene that was like on the cusp and like it wasn't even like i mean he was super in the scene like of music but like i don't know i I wasn't thinking that he would be one of the early adopters of it but he was like that hard rock type of style and that weird type of writing like that psychedelic you know um just odd approach to building stories or what you're going to talk about just themes you know um but yeah that's a that's a great that's a classic track um yeah the classic unplugged to probably like the most popular one maybe but um yeah i would you know you you know that that cardigan he's wearing that green cardigan that cobain's wearing you know he bought that from a homeless guy outside of the venue right before the show happened no but that is not even a little bit surprising (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was the story is he like went in and it was like colder or something than he expected and he went out to take a smoke and then just 
told the guy that right outside that he'd give him some cash. And there it is. <laughs> random. That is that is but, very random. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, Man. that's that's nuts. But yeah, that's a good that's a good song. Um, um I, I was trying to because I, I, I just want to look this up because it, it's bothering me. I can't. I want to remember what are the other Nirvana songs they cover in that set. Oh I know, yeah, the uh, about a girl is how they open. I remember that just off the top of my. Okay, here you go. Come as you are, Penny Royalty, Dumb, Polly, Something in the Way. All apologies. Yeah. And that oh, version dude, of you all know apologies I, is better than the studio version. <laughs> mm, that is a good one. Dude, um, I just watched um, uh, The Batman. They just added that onto HBO a couple of days ago. And I just watched it for the first time yesterday. And uh, they use something in the way in that movie. I thought it was, it was cool. I was always cool. liked that song. Yeah. You know, he recorded the vocal part of that song just sitting in the control room. <laughs> like he was just sitting there just practicing and then they just captured it right there it's like good enough sound city let's do it <laughs> hey if it works it works <laughs> that's a great that's a great documentary that sound city documentary yeah yeah is a good one well man yeah. this was fun bump jumped jumped around a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man as always great time and uh it's a nice uh, hour and 10 minute distraction from the work that I have to finish this afternoon. So I appreciate mm. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we, we can do it and we'll keep it on. Yeah. We'll need to figure out a good topic for next week. Uh, oh, yeah. We have some good ones left. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Yeah, dude. Catch you later.